You are listening to the FDNY Pearl Podcast, featuring members of the New York City Fire Department. We want to share stories from the field, best practices, lessons learned, and help save lives. Welcome to another FDNY Pro Podcast for WNYF. I am your host, Lieutenant John Paul Orger. Today we welcome FDNY Firefighter Anthony Caterino. Firefighter Caterino has served the FDNY since 2002 and is currently assigned to Ladder Company 47 in the Castle Hill section of the Bronx. Greetings, how are you, sir? Good morning, good, JP. So you recently wrote an article for WNYF regarding fast unit operations, more commonly referred to as Rapid Intervention Teams, or RIT. In New York City, we use the acronym FAST, correct? That's correct, yes. What does that stand for? FAST is an acronym for Firefighter Assist and Search Team. There are numerous books written on this topic, and as you noted in your article, it seems almost like an injustice to try to cover fast unit operations in a single article. But that's not your intent here. No, not at all. The intent of the article was primarily to get firefighters back into studying uh, fast team operations. It's not something that you do every day on the fire ground, thankfully. That's you know, certainly not a situation that you want to encounter. But much like other things that could come up, we need to you know, be diligent and train and, and develop as much as we can. I don't like complacency in anything. And sometimes as firefighters, we can get complacent because we don't do certain things every day. Life-saving rope rescues. We don't do it every day. There was one last night, about 10 hours ago. You have to be ready. And my, my whole basis on writing this article was to get that complacency notion out completely. And just to, to know that when you're called on as a fast unit, this is one of your fellow brothers and sister firefighters that you're going in to save. Okay, so let's talk about the pink elephant in the room here a little bit. Firefighters are generally let down when they're assigned as a fast unit. So walk me through that emotional roller coaster. That's correct. Unfortunately, you're right. And it's, it's sort of a testament to our own work ethic because nine times out of ten, even more than that probably, when you are assigned as the fast unit, you will not be put to work for fast unit operations. And again, that's a good thing. We don't want that. We don't want a firefighter down. But that emotional roller coaster does kick in when you are assigned the fast unit and you, you do come to the realization that you may spend the next you know, hour to an hour and a half standing outside of a building watching other firefighters do what you want to be doing, it's, it can be a little bit of a letdown. Part of the intent of my article was to kind of get the mindset across and reverse that emotional letdown and immediately kick that back into a different gear saying, okay, now we're fast unit. If we are put to work, God forbid, I have to heighten these skills and be ready at, at a minute's notice. So use the analogy in your article a little bit about like a relief pitcher in a uh, ball game. I kind of use that analogy and touching a little bit off of what I just said, you know, the vast majority of the time, the relief pitcher is going to get suited up. He's with the team. He's one of them. But a lot of times he won't be called on for that game. He's just going to sit there and watch from the sidelines, so to speak, or the bullpen. And a lot of the fast truck operations is the same thing. You have to be ready to perform at a minute's notice at the drop of a hat, and you have to be ready to perform well. And I kind of use that analogy because a relief pitcher does fit that bill as well. Okay, so start of the tour. Members assemble for roll call. Boss assigns positions. Are fast unit positions assigned? Yes, there are some fast unit positions that are predetermined at the roll call. One of those being the firefighter that will be responsible to go into the battalion vehicle and monitor the EFAS system. EFAS. EFAS stands for? EFAS is an acronym for Electronic Fireground Accountability System. 
And that is a, uh, a computer, essentially, that's located in every battalion vehicle. As soon as the FAST unit is on scene, one member from the FAST unit will be required to go in and monitor that eFAST computer. And that eFAST computer is essentially recording on screen every radio transmission and or mayday or urgent that may occur during that uh, fire. And those transmissions have positional identifiers? Yes, they do. Members on scene. Yes, that's correct. Another position that is predetermined at roll call will be the fast pack. And the fast pack is essentially just an SCBA cylinder with face piece. And one member will be assigned to monitor that. That member will basically monitor the air of the downed firefighter and be in control of his air supply for the duration of the entry and the exit of that firefighter. Another position that an officer may consider assigning at roll call is the pack tracker and that's a device that we carry now and it is mandatory part of our tools to bring as fast unit operations. Tell me about the pack tracker. What type of tool that is? How do you use the pack tracker? It's essentially a tracking device. It's a handheld device. If someone's SCBA is in alarm mode, it will give you an audible as well as a digital readout of how strong the signal is, meaning if you are getting closer to the signal or if you're further away from the signal, basically a, a locator type tool to help determine where that downed firefighter is, is located. So now that we're talking about tools, let's talk a little bit about the complement of tools that a FAST unit would typically bring to the command post. Essentially, your first set of tools is going to be your normally assigned tools as your riding position for that tour. In addition to that, you're going to be bringing a, a long backboard. You're going to be bringing that fast pack. You're going to have a search rope, the pack tracker, and also a two-to-one mechanical advantage rope. And that's all that rope essentially is. So let's talk responsibilities and operations. What are some of the responsibilities of the FAST unit once they're on scene? The FAST unit, once they're on scene, will go right to the vicinity of the command post. The officer of the FAST unit will need to get on the handy talkie to announce their presence. Everyone at the fire scene or the emergency needs to know that the FAST unit is there. And essentially what they'll do at that point is they're going to be close in the vicinity of the command post, ready to be deployed to rescue or remove a downed firefighter. But they can do other things as well while they're waiting. The, the size up of the building, they can check out all exposures. They basically can get a mental picture of what they may be going into. And occasionally I've seen fast units also go to some lengths as even putting up portable ladders where they may have seen something or noticed something where they could have strengthened the, the outcome of the, the evolution. With the exception of large commercial buildings or complex buildings, the fast unit can split up into different teams. And you make note of this in your article. Can you give me an example of that? Sure. So when we're talking about possibly breaking up the FAST unit, it would basically be up to the officer at that point. The officer will determine how many firefighters are going to be making entry for the removal of the downed firefighter. That officer can determine if he or she wants additional firefighters to be assigned to a different task, so to speak. The officer may have a firefighter at the entry or exit point specifically stationed there as a beacon to let them know where that point is so they can get back to it. It's basically up to that officer to determine what conditions he or she may be encountering and to make that determination on scene. Okay, so a FAST unit's at the command post and they get deployed into action. They come upon a downed firefighter. Give us a sense of the next steps that are performed. Okay, the first thing that I think needs to be controlled is the adrenaline rush that most firefighters are going to experience when they are put into action as a FAST unit. It's something that, like I touched on, we, we really never want to be called on to do, 
but when we have to, you have to control that emotion and realize that there's a major task that needs to get accomplished. When that search team comes to that downed firefighter, the immediate thought is to remove them from the atmosphere. A lot of times we get hung up with check his air, uh, you know, identify the member. The main thing to do is to get that firefighter out of that emergency situation. There may be predetermined conditions that require you to remove that downed firefighter immediately from the from the immediate hazard, and then you can uh, begin assessing all the other requirements. What are some of the things that you're assessing? So one of the first things we do when we've come upon a downed member is we will make a transmission to the incident commander, a May Day transmission, because obviously we have a downed firefighter and that's protocol for FDNY. And with that transmission, we're gonna try and give the incident commander as much information as possible. We're gonna try and give him the location of the downed member, the unit and the identity of the member involved, uh, the nature and the extent of the injuries of the member, the air status, is the member on his own air, are we providing him air with the fast pack, and then possibly additional resources that we may need as the fast unit to get that down member out. And we refer to this as an acronym called LUNAR. So once we are completed with our transmission to the incident commander, we'll then start assessing the conditions of the down member and the conditions of the general environment, such as fire, uh, air, immediate medical care that may be needed, and removal of that down member. And again, we refer to this acronym for assessment as FAIR, F-A-I-R. Okay, so if there was one thing uh, you would like to pass along to our listeners, what would that be? I think mainly it would be the, the need to realize how important fast unit operations are. We spend a great deal of time as, as firefighters training on rescuing civilian lives, and it's a game changer when that life becomes a fellow firefighter. So to get the, uh, that, like we touched on earlier, that emotional letdown feeling, I'd like that to go away when you are assigned this fast unit and heighten all those skills so that you're ready at a minute's notice. Firefighter Caterino, I want to thank you for your time and for being in the studio today. Stay safe, sir. Thank you very much, JP. It's been a pleasure. Joining us now is Deputy Chief Jay Jonas from the 7th Division. Earlier I was speaking with Firefighter Caterino from Ladder Company 47 and we're discussing something that's not new to you, fast unit operations. You yourself have actually written on this. I'm here today to talk to you a little bit about when you were a captain in Ladder Company 6 back in 1995. If you could share your experience on that day, I believe you were utilized as a fast unit. Is that correct? In early 1995, the fire department changed their procedures on fast truck operations. On March 23rd, they instituted the new fast truck procedures. A few weeks later, on April 7th, 1995, we had a, a multiple alarm fire at 629 East 5th Street in Manhattan, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Ladder 6 arrived as a second alarm truck, but we were not designated to be the fast truck. The designated fast truck was put to work by the deputy chief, so we became the fast truck. So we performed a size up of the building and a survey to see what equipment was available to us. We went back to our apparatus and made sure we had the proper ropes and equipment in order to properly function as a fast truck. Our size up showed that we had fire on the fourth, fifth, and sixth floors and it looks like it was extending to the cockloft. There was a heavy fire condition. We knew that there was a second alarm assignment in the building. So we're performing a fast truck size up and trying to figure out what are our access points to various parts of the building. Ladder 11 had their area ladder to the roof. 
ladder 18 had their towel ladder bucket up to the uh, one of the windows I believe on the fifth floor and so we just huddled together and we went over all these procedures all the situations that were in front of us and shortly after we we finished our group size up a mayday came in from engine 15 that they were on the top floor of the building trapped and out of air i looked right at the deputy chief who's my cuchillo and uh, i said chief we're going to the roof he says okay cap go ahead and i ordered my men up the area ladder of ladder 11 to the roof thinking that we would have options to get to the top floor from the roof that we wouldn't have if we went up the interior stairway. If we went up the interior stairway and they couldn't be reached via the inside of the building, we would be the last people in line of people that couldn't reach them. So I felt if we went to the roof, we could maybe go down the rear fire escape, maybe we could take a headlong dive down the stairway bulkhead, or we could perform a life-saving rope rescue. And once we got to the top floor, the conditions were severe. We had fire breaking through the roof. We had a little bit of a difficult time finding the trapped firemen. And we had to contact them via radio, and they were found in an air shaft on the exposure four side of the building. We looked and we saw that there were two firemen at two different windows awaiting rescue, and heavy smoke was showing around their heads. There were members of Rescue One on the roof as well, and we had Ladder Six's rope ready to go and I had Rescue One's rope deployed so that that could be used next. I thought that we would have to make multiple rope rescues. Uh, Joe Hodges was put into the rope but the smoke condition was so severe on the roof that uh, it was very difficult to see. We had to hold the, uh, the bolon on the bike very close to our faces just so we could untie it and we could connect it to his harness. And then we started the lowering operation. I checked with the lowering members. It was uh, Paul Baldwin from Rescue One. I, I yelled to him, are you ready? And he said, yes. And I contacted uh, Joe Hodges. I, again, we're, we're all very close to each other, kneeling down, trying to avoid the smoke and the heat. I asked him, are you ready? He said, yes. So then go. And he went over the side of the, of the parapet. Once he went over the side, and he grabbed Lieutenant Ryan from Engine 15. The rope shifted and got caught in Firefighter Baldwin's hand. His, his hand got caught up between the gate and the rope. So now the rope rescue was suspended. And what we did was Lieutenant Paul Schmidt from Ladder 9 had a knife. And uh, we had another member go behind Firefighter Baldwin, attach his rope to his harness and they cut the harness off of Firefighter Baldwin, essentially switching lowering men in mid-evolution. And then we were able to complete the rescue. The other firefighters that were trapped were removed, I believe, if I remember off the top of my head, from the interior by members of Ladder 3, who were able to reach them via the interior. So Chief, you mentioned that when you were responding in with your company, you were coming in as an additional truck. You were fully prepared to go to work, and then upon arriving, you were told that you were being reassigned as the fast unit. Right. What did that feel like? Take yourself back to that moment. What did that feel like for you and the members? What would be the general sentiment there? Well, fr frankly, we were distressed. We had this rapidly expanding fire in this occupied multiple dwelling, and we were thought we were going to operate as a ladder company. But once we were given those orders, after our initial disappointment had subsided, we had a, a new role. Our role at that fire was to have the life safety of 
the members on the scene in our hands. And we, we took it seriously. We got the equipment that we needed. And uh, we performed the procedures that we had to perform in order to function. And like I said, it wasn't within minutes of our designation being changed. The May Day came in and those firefighters' lives were in our hands. Would you say that for yourself and the members of your unit, that the initial disappointment that you may have experienced, there was a bit of a paradigm shift by the conclusion of that operation in regards to fast operations or fast unit operations? Well, I think it wasn't even just our unit. I think it proved its worth to everybody in the job, not just even guys who were at the fire. The fire department published a thank you paragraph on the department orders a few days later explaining what happened at this box, that the FAST unit had proved its worth and congratulating the units that operated at this fire. What would you say to a young firefighter today if you happen to be within your shot and you would maybe overhear a disappointment about being assigned as a FAST unit? What would you say to that young firefighter? Well, that all the other firefighters' lives who are operating at this fire were in your hands and to take this assignment seriously. Every time we talk about fast unit procedures, I mentioned to the firefighters on the scene, I said, even if you don't operate at the scene of a fire as a fast unit, that you should be tired when you leave. You should be mentally exhausted because you're trying to track where everybody is, what the situation is, you know, what are the danger points, what are my possible rescue scenarios. These are things that you should be running through your mind. It's not just standing there and talking to the guy you haven't seen since probing school. You should be focused on where people are being assigned and trying to stay alert for maydays or scenarios where people may become endangered even without transmitting a mayday. You know, try to uh, see what equipment is available to you that you didn't actually bring to the scene, what area liners are available, what portable liners are available, things like that. Chief Jonas, thank you for taking the time. This was great. Thank you. FDNY Pro is online at fdnypro.org. Subscribe today and get inside access to the FDNY. Learn more about our publications, professional conferences, and other tools for first responders. Train with New York's Bravest. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty-five days a year, and when seconds count. The men and the women of the FDNY are there for us, to protect us and keep us safe when the unthinkable happens. No matter the challenge, no matter the danger, our firefighters and EMTs serve with honor, dedication, and bravery. New York's bravest are there for us. Let's be there for them. Your support of the FDNY Foundation ensures that the world's best fire department has the world's best training, equipment, and education. Go to fdnyfoundation.org and help New York's bravest save a life today.